Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Tuesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producer G. Hey Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing on this glorious Tuesday? You know, still reveling with the the excitement of winning uh, on uh, Sunday uh, with the Duke game so uh, over Michigan State. So uh, nobody can pop this bubble that I'm on. <laughs> Congrats, Juhei. I haven't had a chance to congratulate you. And I'm having, you know, LeBron said he's having the time of his life. So <laughs> it's only right that we say we're having the time of our lives, too. So, you know, that is a great way to look at life. No matter where you are in life, whether you're winning or 10 games below 500, you are having the time of your life. We will get into that shortly. Um, a lot of headlines to get into. So with that said, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Well, just when we thought it was safe to bury the Lakers, they win two of three games on the road at Toronto at, and at Cleveland. And last night, LeBron James goes off for 38 points, 12 assists, and 11 rebounds, including one over former teammate Kevin Love that has gone viral. With Anthony Davis expected to come back soon, are the Lakers back? I cannot believe that we're having this conversation, but like I actually think, and I'm again, I I am the worst when it comes to this because I will always think the Lakers maybe just maybe have a chance as long as LeBron James is on the team. But well, shoot, you know, I mean, here's the thing: if they if they can finish as the nine seed, um, they will host that game at home. The importance there is they don't have to win back-to-back road games. So, okay, so if they get Anthony Davis back, and if they have a home game against New Orleans, could they win that game? Of course they could. And if that happens, their next game would be probably against the Clippers. That would effectively be a home game. That would be a Clippers home game. But, you know, listen, that that game would be at Crypto. They're not going to get Paul George back. They're not going to get Kawhi back. But the Lakers are going to get Anthony Davis back. And if LeBron's going to be continuing to play like this, Listen, they're not going to beat the Suns in the first round, but I thought this team had no chance of making it past the play-in tournament. If LeBron James is going to continue to play like this, I am beginning to think with Anthony Davis back, with Russell doing this, you know, you know, he realizes that he's not going to come back. So just make the most of what time you have here. I do think the Lakers could get to the first round and then at that point would get swept by the, uh, by the uh, Suns. I do not think they're back at all. But, I mean, two out of three road wins, very impressive. The one that they lost was the one that they should have won. But I want to read a quote by DJ Augustine after last night's game. He said, Internally, we feel like we're a great team and we can do something special. Make a run, get into the playoffs, and make a run in the playoffs. Do I believe that he believes that? Yes. Do I believe him? Absolutely not. Listen, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, fool me three times, fool me ten times. <laughs> but this is enough is enough. I, I can't I can't buy into this team at all anymore this season. But with that being said, LeBron is playing out of his mind. That yeah, no, Armand, I 100% agree. Let's call it a wrap. Let's 
Let's just put them. Let's just bury them in, under the sand. Lakers, we're good. Stop trying to give people hope with this two-game winning streak. Like, just stop. Just stop. It's over. We're done. Even with Davis to come back, I mean, it's still you. You still have to realize that, like, he he's coming back still with an injury, and he's coming back with you guys having to make different adjustments as well. Even if you did make the playoffs, even if you did make your run, um, do I believe that the Lakers? You know, maybe they think they're on this high, and that's great because winning is obviously, you know. It's, it's wonderful, but are they going to be winning? Are they going to be, you know, making that run towards the playoffs? Absolutely not. And I think it's very fool's gold. And I love and I love the optimism, Arash, because you are like my my source of optimism, my source of, you know, um, being so positive in this world. But do I believe that they're going to, you know, advance and keep keep this gravy train going? Absolutely not. But after last night's win, LeBron James also said, I'm literally having the time of my life right now. The game's such a beautiful thing. The Lakers are 10 games below 500 and are the number nine seed in the Western Conference right now. Do you believe what LeBron is saying? So I am going to go back to what Armani Buckets just said. I, of course, don't believe that LeBron James is having the time of his life. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's played in 10 finals before. We're talking about a guy who's won, you know, four or five championships. I mean, if this is the time of your life, 10 games below 500, you may not make the playoffs. Um, I have no idea what he's talking about. But listen, he's 37 years old. He just posterized his good friend Kevin Love in one of the best dunks of the season. Um, he is the leading scorer in the league right now. He's still one of the top three players in the game. I mean, I do not believe, unless there's something going on in his personal life, that LeBron James is having the time of his life. At least if you're talking about a, the team. LeBron James is a winner. He is a champion. So I cannot believe that a guy who's had as much team success as he had is having the time of his life on a team that's 10 games below 500. That being said... I do believe that he believes if he gets to the uh, play-in tournament, that if they get into the postseason, that if he goes up against his old friend Chris Paul and the Suns with a healthy Anthony Davis, perhaps, with LeBron playing like one of the top three players in the world, they, they believe this. Now, do I think that they can do anything? No. But I do believe, to Armani Bucket's point, they do believe this. And listen, if LeBron James believes that he's having the time of his life, good for him. I believe that LeBron needs to chill with the post-game quotes because every one of these is going to get a, a reaction. Personally, I thought this was a quote more about the fact that he doesn't know how many more times he's going to be in Cleveland and just appreciating the moments like this that are left in his career. Do I think that he means that this season has been great? Absolutely not. I think that anybody on the Lakers would say that it's been a disaster, but I think LeBron is just trying to at least appreciate the moments. But I mean, you're going to appreciate it a lot more if you make it out of that play in tournament. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, but he, I think he's just grateful that it's not over yet. Yeah. I think that he is having the time of his life on the court, off the court and dealing with all the other antics. Of course not. Of course he hates it. Of course he hates losing. Of course he hates being 10 below 500 and, you know, not being able to maybe even make um, the play in tournament. And it, even if he makes the play in tournament, maybe not even making the playoffs. Of course he doesn't. So I, I think that that's maybe possibly what he means because as a player, I would probably be loving that one game that I had against Cleveland, my former team and whooping on them. 
right? But as as it stands right now, is he having a great season? Is he having the time of his life during this season? Absolutely not. And if he says that he is, he's lying. He's lying. Um, well, the Clippers are now the number eight seed in the West, and it basically locked in to the 7-8 matchup in the play-in tournament against the 42-31 and 31 Minnesota Timberwolves, which I lost money on yesterday, so forget you, Timberwolves. Um, if the Clippers lose that game, they could potentially face a Lakers team that is double digits below 500 in Los Angeles, and if the Lakers win, the Lakers would advance to the playoffs and the Clippers season would be over. Is that fair, guys? I really don't think so, and I, I get why we or why the league felt the need to have this play-in tournament during that pandemic season where you know there were teams going after the 7-8 seed and there was a you know more more games to be played so I got the need to have the play-in tournament that particular year I kind of got the need to maybe have it for another year because uh, the following season was kind of a weird season as well there's no need for this play-in tournament right now. I get that they like the ratings boost. I get that they like to have a couple of games that mean something. At the end of the day, however, a Clippers team that is, let's just say, 500 or above 500 should not have their season come down to a one game with the with the Lakers, who would be 10 games below 500. I mean, you've played the duration of the season. You've played the entire season, a full um, 82 games. A Lakers team that's 10 games below 500 should not have the ability to knock off the Clippers in in a game that would essentially be because it, it would be a unique game. Normally in this situation, the 7-8 uh, team would have home court. Well, listen, the Lakers and the Clippers share the home court. There will be more Laker fans there than Clipper fans. So the Clippers season, like after they finish, let's just say a game above 500, it could be done on a neutral site against the Lakers. I, I don't think that this is fair. Wait, before we keep going, before we keep going on this, Arash, you really think that there's going to be more Laker fans than there are Clipper, Clipper fans, considering that the Lakers have been having the most horrific season of uh, of Laker history? There's always more Laker fans than Clippers fans at those games. So, I mean, just if, if, if history holds suit, then yes, yes. I remember a time about a decade ago where when a team made the eight seed and they were under 500, people would say like, this team doesn't belong. And now we're talking about teams that are 10 games below. Absolutely, I think that the NBA will look into changing the play-in tournament because as you said, Arash, it's completely unfair to the teams that have actually been consistent and deserve to have a playoff spot. But I do think that they'll reconsider it. No, Yeah, I mean, I, I guess they should. I, I I like this, even, even though um, both LA teams are... Um, going to be making the plan. I like the plan. I, I, I think it still makes it exciting. I still think it gives us more basketball. Um, I, I'm I'm all for it. I'm okay with it. Even if even if it is our team that's making it into the play in tournament and they're below 500 or whatever, I still like it. Take that money grab, NBA. Keep keep that keep getting that money. I don't, I, I could care less. So I, I like it. Um, well, UCLA plays North Carolina in the Sweet 16. It's a matchup between two of the most storied basketball programs in the country. Which team do you think wins, and which program? do you think is the most storied? You know, I, I did not think that North Carolina would be an elite team, elite eight team this season, but the way that they've played recently, I do like them to beat UCLA, and I'm not just saying that because I went to USC. Um, in terms of history, I mean, here's here's the thing. 
in terms of all-time history, I mean, it is really hard for any program to compete with the John Wooden UCLA tradition. Now, again, that was back in the 60s and 70s, and so they've they've won one title since then. Uh, but I, I do have to say, if we're talking about the history of college basketball, going back to John Wooden and all those championships, I would have to say UNC, Jihei's, uh, you know, not her favorite team, I think the Tar Heels win uh, this Sweet 16 matchup with UCLA, but I do think UCLA historically has the most storied program. So I'm going to disagree, and I think that North Carolina has the most storied program only specifically because prior to the ACC and then going and then switching over and making the ACC um, happen, North Carolina just has so much more of a storied history and a storied um, program uh, as of like the even in the John Wooden era and post John Wooden era. So if you combine all of that, all those years over time, North Carolina has the most storied program. Now, with that being said, um, I'm really, really hoping that they bomb and they biff it and they eat the bed and like they, and North Carolina just tanks. It would be wonderful. It would be great. I'd be very okay with that. I know that everybody wants, especially Paolo Bancaro, wants his revenge against North Carolina, embarrassing them at Cameron Indoor. But I'm really, really hoping that uh, UCLA wins. That Again, that being said, though, I think that, unfortunately, Arashi might be right. Um, if we just look at this from an analytics level, uh, UCLA might have one of their star players out due to injury. So if that happens, it's going to be an uphill battle for UCLA to win um, and advance to the Elite Eight. So I'm, I'm knocking on wood that that doesn't happen. I'm like, do what UCLA, do what you got to do to get Juarez back, Juarez Jr. back. But it's just, I think it's going to be really, really hard uh, without his leadership on the floor. I'm with you. Yeah. I think I think I got North Carolina as well. And when, when we look at, when it comes to comparing those two as storied schools, I'm going to give North Carolina the slight edge because they play other schools such as Duke that are at that level as well. Whereas UCLA in the Pac-12, I feel like it's not as competitive, consistently competitive at least. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, Armand. Um, well, a trade between the gold Vegas Golden Knights and the Anaheim Ducks is in jeopardy. I love how we say Anaheim Ducks, like they're they're in Anaheim, but they're technically, aren't they the Los Angeles? Anyway, it doesn't matter, Anaheim Ducks. They are, uh, this trade is in jeopardy right now because the Vegas player that was traded to the Ducks uh, um, has them on his no trade list. Is there one city, guys, where you would refuse to be traded to if you were a player? I don't think so. I'm, I'm you know, I, I get the need for a no trade um, clause. I think that's more about the franchise. Uh, I'm assuming, but still, like maybe he doesn't want to play that on. Maybe he doesn't want to play in Orange County. Um, but I do think that if I'm a player and there's a team that wants me and it's going to pay me my full salary and pay me a good salary, um, I do think at the very least players want to be uh, consulted. And I think in this particular case, the player not only had the Ducks on his no trade list, but, you know, certainly wants to be consulted. So I don't think that that trade's going to go down. Obviously, you, you negotiate your contract for a specific reason. But if you were to take it to all sports, um, I'm trying to think here. You know, I mean, I've always found a way to enjoy myself in the majority of cities that I've been to. Is there a city that I wouldn't want to play in full time? Uh, Maybe Memphis. Maybe like, you know, like, you know, but like even Memphis, if I'm there for like a year or two, like I like I can make that work. But I'm trying to figure out like why 
there is one thing that he doesn't like about the dogs or he doesn't like the city. But yeah, no, for me, I would play if if a team wants me, you can have me. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Like money's money, right? Yeah, you, you get this contract, you get to play, you get to play the sport that you allegedly you supposedly love. You know, um, if somebody w- was willing to pay me just to play a sport. I'll take it. I get the politics. I get the, you know, I need to make X amount and I need to do this and this, whatever. But I I don't know if there's any major city that I would really, I don't know. Yeah. Cause you make the best of any situation, I think. And I think that like, if, you know, even if you don't like the, you're, you're even if you don't like the city, you still can leave and come back. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't have to make that your quote unquote home. There's tons of, People that um, you know they they play in New York or wherever, and they they've made LA their home. So I don't I don't see why this should even be an issue uh, if that's the case. Now, if they don't like the organization, that might be another thing because players talk. Players talk about owners, this and that. Like I don't like that owner. I don't like this owner. I don't like that GM. I don't like you know. So if that's the case, then I can see them you know maybe saying, let me pull back and not be it at um, in Anaheim and not I don't want to get traded here or. To any particular city, Armand, you got nothing. Um, no, I would say that honestly, for me, it, it it wouldn't matter either. I think you guys made great points about the money. Money talks at the end of the day. So if they were to pay me a, a decent salary, I would be a member of the Utah Jazz, no problem. Like it doesn't really matter <laughs> at the end of the day. Okay, maybe Utah. Maybe I wouldn't want. No, no, I would still. I would still play. Never mind. I'd still play. All right. Well, the Los Angeles County will align with the state and lift the requirement that attendees of indoor mega events such as sporting events or concerts show proof of COVID vaccination or a negative test beginning April first. There is also a strong sense that the federal mask mandate for planes, trains, buses, and public transportation will be lifted after April eighteenth. Is this a good thing, guys? I think it is. You know, I think, listen, there's been no uh, state, no county more cautious than Los Angeles. So I do think it'll be a good thing beginning next month, beginning the first of April. uh, That, listen, if you're going to go to a game, uh, you you know, you don't have to show proof of vaccination. You don't have to wear a mask. Uh, Again, the last hurdle, if you can even call it that, for things being totally back to normal. And, you know, GA and I just experienced this in terms of, you know, traveling uh, to Las Vegas is uh, once you don't have to wear a mask when you're flying, when you're in a taxi, when you're in a ride share, bus, train, whatnot. So I think that's sort of the last thing. And I think if that happens next month, it'll be... um, That'll really be like the beginning of, okay, we have kind of turned the page. Again, we're still going to be dealing with variants and things like that, but uh, that'll be a big moment. So next month, looking like the end of the pandemic. Hallelujah. Um, Yeah, no, I'm psyched for this. Obviously, I really cannot wait for myself to go this is just so selfish but I, I i can't wait for myself to not to be able to go into an uber and not wear a mask to be able to travel and not wear a mask um so uh, this is a great i think this is a great thing and this is you know our road back to normalcy my head went to the Kyrie irving situation when i heard this because <laughs> yeah. if this is the case and they're lifting everything how can you possibly justify still not allowing him to play home games if you're the mayor of new york city if this is the case and this is where we're headed and it looks like we are i mean do you guys know how he can justify it at that point it doesn't make sense to me yeah i mean so here's yeah i mean uh, real quick so this is california but i i, I would agree 
by next month if the entire country is like doing away with vaccination requirement mask mandate like for example if if the federal mask mandate on planes is gone i mean Kyrie should be allowed to play at that point i mean it's ridiculous that he can still play in the same state though yeah uh, like logic has gone out the window in my personal opinion when it comes to that like you can play at madison square garden but you can't play in brooklyn it's the exact same state it's ridiculous i think that um I, I would hope that they finally would admit defeat and say, you know what? Yeah, it's time for us to move forward with this and just let him play. Yeah, and that that's going to be a big game changer, of course, for the Nets to have Kyrie back full time. And I, I do think at some point next month, at some point before the playoffs, that will happen, which will be you know good for the Brooklyn Nets. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the Lakers, the Clippers, UCLA, and March Madness. When we come back right here on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and the fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to a future LA Kings or LA Galaxy game, call our hotline 310 Four zero. That number again, 310-400-0340. It's very simple. You just leave your name, where you're calling from, hot take or an opinion, and we'll get you on the air. Now, normally we would have a guest on the Circus Sports guest hotline in the second segment, but Jihei is still in Las Vegas, so she will be our guest on the Circus Sports guest hotline. And it was a very exciting day for Jihei yesterday because she taught her girlfriend how to gamble and, um, you know, Listen, Jihei is a very uh, skilled wager. Um, how did it go yesterday, Jihei? Uh, I, I think hopefully, hopefully we'll see you back tomorrow. But uh, you never know, Jihei, <laughs> and Las Vegas. That that's very true. I'm not going to lie to you. I would love it if uh, you know the fan wanted to uh, let me have a uh, little bit of a residency out here. That'd be great. But um, yeah, no, it it was fun. We we had a great time. Um, I actually went into this amazing dive bar that I I can't tell you guys the name of it. I really wish I could or remember the name of it. Um, but it was, it was so much fun. It was awesome. Uh, and, uh, we also, I did, as Arash mentioned, I, uh, taught my girlfriend how to gamble on sports. Now she is a pro when it comes to, uh, you know, the craps table and, uh, maybe a little blackjack and definitely the penny slots or just the slots in general. But yeah, uh, sports gambling is not, it's slowly but surely becoming a woman's thing because when I first started gambling, um, at, at the book, there was like two women and I'm including myself in that uh, scenario. Uh, now, now there are a lot more women, which is great um, because I think that they can actually win uh, at these bets. And there's a lot, like, it's, it's definitely expanding towards uh, women wanting to, uh, or uh, putting in bets for this. So um, I, throughout the week though, I did uh, manage to hit some parlays, uh, which was great. I did like a, a mishmash of like some money line bets and some, 
some spreads as well uh, for the tournament. And I have a few tournament bets uh, in, and I'm probably going to be before I leave today, because my flight does leave uh, later today, I will probably, uh, I'll probably get back on that bandwagon, go back to the book and uh, put maybe just like a bet or two in. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I taught her how um, basically just explained the spreads, explained parlays, explained, uh, it was a long session at the bar, needless to say. There was a few a few cocktails being thrown um, while I was explaining all of this to her. So just explaining money line bets, and she took she took it very well in stride. So she did a great job. Uh, but we and we shall see. Uh, the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, though, they botched my bet by losing. All they had to do was was just win the game. I just had them with the money line, and they did not win yesterday. So that was uh, the end of my. NBA parlay yesterday, but other than that, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a good time. Uh, won a little, lost a little, didn't lose as much as I thought I was going to lose. So that's always a good thing. Uh, kind of evened out to be honest with you in Vegas, which is always nice. You know, we, uh, we talked about the Lakers and the Clippers in the first segment, but I never thought that I would say this, but here's a scenario where this season would not be such a total disaster if you're a Laker fan. Okay, so let's begin with this premise. This is the most hated, despised Lakers team amongst the fans. Amongst the fan base, the fan base hates this team. Now, they're still Laker fans. They, they will still rock with the Lakers. That This is still their team. But in terms of, you know, just supporting them. I mean, this is the one team where they are just, I mean, I've never seen Laker fans heckle their home team. I mean, like as bad as they are, they, they will still ride with them. Like even if they're below 500, you know, back in the day, when I say back in the day, not that long ago, you know, when they would have a younger team, they would get, listen, this is Lonzo Ball. This is uh, Jordan Clarkson. This is uh, D'Angelo Russell. You know, like you go down the list. This is not a championship team. They're a young team. So they would ride with them. This team, though, is a train wreck now. Okay, so let me tell you, and I want to get your guys' perspective. Here's the one way that this season could not be a total disaster. Because they don't like the Clippers, right? So the Lakers don't like the Clippers or some rivalry there. Now, so, okay, if the Lakers beat the uh, New Orleans Pelicans in the 9-10 matchup of the play-in tournament, and the Wolves beat the Clippers in the 7-8 matchup, and we have a win-or-go-home game between the Lakers and the Cl Clippers at Crypto, and the Lakers at below five, at 10 games below 500, let's just say, and the Clippers at one game above 500, let's just say. If the Lakers end the Clippers' season and go on into the playoffs, do you think that will be a little bit of a, uh, you know, a highlight for the Lakers that at the very least they eliminated the Clippers. If it is, that's sad. <laughs> like that's, that is sad. If that's going to be your only coup and that's going to be your only like W like you, you Laker nation is in trouble. If that, if that's the case, because we've been saying this all year long and Arash growing up in LA, you and I both know it's championship or bust for the Lakers. So if they do, Kudos for you for beating the Clippers, who have never won a title before, but that's sad. That is really, really sad. I hope you have better goals than just to beat us, just to beat the Clipper Nation. I, I, I don't know. I, I, that's sad <laughs> to me. I will say, yes, that was perfectly said, Jihei. If they, if they go and beat the Clippers, and then what happens if they get swept by Phoenix? You know, do you forget? Do you still hang on to the Clippers win? If 
they take Phoenix to six or seven, it's something to hang your hat on. But what I'm interested to see in the play-in game is LeBron's performance because it's not even subtle at this point. He's chasing the points record, all these things. And then you give LeBron one game, maybe two if they win the first one, to basically just play at his apex, play at his peak. What if he drops 60? You know, I don't think we would forget that. Even if they were to get swept by Phoenix, maybe not um, an accomplishment for Laker fans, as Jihei said, because it's championship or bust. But for LeBron himself, I could see him like turning it up 10 notches. Okay, so, so with... yeah. So would that make sorry sorry to interrupt you, Arash, but would that make up would that make up for a horrible season of LeBron like b- busting out a sixty point game in the middle of the playoffs? Would that make up for it? Because it wouldn't for me if I was a Laker fan. No, here's the thing: it doesn't make up for it. But I, I think at this point in the season, ten games left, they are ten games below five hundred. In a normal season, if this was two years ago, they would be done. They would be out of the playoffs. We we wouldn't really be talking about them, but. Armani Buck has just brought up a really good point. Okay, so let's think of like one of the greatest moments in Lakers history, right? Uh, and I know this is a, this is different, but I'm just making examples here. Was when Kobe dropped 60 points in his final game against the Utah Jazz. Well, the Lakers were terrible. I mean, the, when I say terrible, I mean, that was record-wise, if not the worst Lakers team of all time, one of the worst Lakers teams of all time. But you kind of, like, remember, oh, my God, in Kobe's last game, he dropped 60. Okay. If LeBron scores a record amount, the most he's ever scored in the playoffs, so I, I don't know what that would be, but let's just say he dropped 60. I do think 60 would be the most he's dropped in a playoff game. If he drops 60 and eliminates a Clippers team that, listen, deserves to be in the playoffs, at the the very least, a game above 500, they are the number eight seed. I'm not saying that they're going to beat the Suns, but they they deserve to be in the postseason. If that happens, again, it's not a championship season. The, 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 The championship aspirations of this team was gone a quarter of the way through the year. When they were um when they were like 12 and 12 through 24 games and they played like a really poor schedule like they they they, they were playing the Thunder and uh, the Rockets and some of the worst teams in the league and they, they were still uh 12 and 12. I mean no one really thought that this was a championship team, but if they closed out the season with LeBron dr- dropping a crazy amount, let's just say 60 he has he goes off. So they've eliminated the Pelicans, they eliminate the Clippers and to Armani Bucket's point, let's just say they pushed the uh, Suns to six games. It's not a championship. Forget about championship. I mean, this is a, a team that's 10 games below 500. I do think they finished the season on a bit of a high. They still got to move Russell Westbrook. But I don't know. I, I think that, that gives the Laker fans a little bit of something, a little bit of like, okay, like, okay, this season was a disaster, but that was a cool way to finish out the season. Is it is it controversial to say that Personally, I think I would be more excited just from a from a fan standpoint to see them play Minnesota with the comments. Oh, I would Bev- agree. Yeah. Beverly and Westbrook and then Carl Anthony Towns going on his stream and basically adding fuel to the fire. The Clippers Lakers rivalry will always be something to watch for, but it's been so one sided. Honestly, if the Clippers win that first game and then you get Lakers Timberwolves, that could be a really intense 
game with with the animosity starting to brew between those two franchises. I 100% agree. I hope we get that. I just think the Wolves, despite what they did last night to a Jihei's bed, I do think the Wolves are a better team, and that game will be in Minneapolis, so the Wolves should win that game. I think either way, it's going to be a fun matchup. I mean, of course, the Lakers do have to find a way to beat the Pelicans, and that's not a small task. When we got to remember the last time that they played, the Pelicans basically won by 30 points. That was not a close game. So the Lakers have to find a way to beat New Orleans. But if they do, I think no matter who they play, whether it's Minnesota or the Clippers, it's going to be a fun matchup. There's also an outside chance that it could be the Denver Nuggets, by the way, because the Nuggets have That's been right. And the way that, you know, they look like such a one-man team. I don't want to get Lakers fans' hopes up. Anthony Davis is probably right. He's coming back. Mm-hmm. I think we all assume that he is coming back. It's... On paper, the Lakers should be able to beat, with a fully healthy Anthony Davis, beat the Pelicans and beat whoever on paper. But again, it's not, it's championship or bust in this town. And if they even make it to the first round, the only thing that I would be excited for in that first round matchup is the fact that Anthony Davis basically said, you know, we would have beaten you guys if we were fully healthy. Devin Booker said, no shot basically and then it's like all right we get a chance to see it we know what would happen but it would still be at least game one would probably be like a little bit of competitive juice is going and then soon after I'm guessing is when the Lakers will realize that they just can't (laughs) measure up yeah well, and, well, and to that to that effect like let's talk about the fact that you know Anthony Davis is coming back like if and when he does come back, or it shouldn't be what if, when Anthony Davis does come back, um, I mentioned in the first segment, is he going to come back like Anthony Davis? Like, you're going to have to deal with camaraderie. You're going to have to deal with, like, there's so many other factors because he has not played with this Laker team, um, and they've had to make those those adjustments to playing without him. Now that he's on there, how much is he possibly going to contribute? And how, how effective do you think he's going to be? I get it. It's Anthony Davis. He's He's a baller, but, like, you know, you still have to fit in where, get in where you fit in, so to speak. So do you think that, you know, I don't know, where do you think he's going to fit in? Yeah, like, to- I, I think he's going to be fine in terms of, you know, him and LeBron know how to play together. They've won a, a championship together. He's played with this team. Again, he's he's so injury prone when I say, like, he was healthy at the beginning of the season, then he went out, then he came back, and then he was out. So, I mean, he's played with this group before. We know what he and LeBron can do, but... um that's a great question, Gia, you know, because we've talked about it several times on this show. If you get bubble AD, if you get, get Anthony Davis that the Lakers got in o- Orlando when they won the championship, that was one of the top three or four or five players in the world. I don't think you're going to get that at this point when he's coming back, but you never know. And so, I mean, right now they are getting crazy to say this in year uh, 19 at the 37 years old. I mean, you're getting, you know, kind of peak LeBron. You're, you're getting LeBron as the scoring champion. You're getting LeBron posterizing guys on dunks. I mean, you are getting LeBron as one of the top three players in the world. If they get Davis back and he's at least one of the top 10 players in the world, you have a chance. Now, what does that mean? Well, it does mean that they can beat the Pelicans. It does mean that they can beat the Clippers. It does mean that I think that they can push the Suns to six games. I don't think that they beat the Suns, of course. I mean, that's not a stretch, but I'm just saying, um, you know, it gives you uh, something to hope for or something to, and by the way, to 
Bacchus's point, all these kind of matchups are intriguing because of these subplots. The Lakers don't like the Clippers. The Lakers don't like the Timberwolves. And the Lakers and the Suns do not like each other. And Anthony Davis, and I agree with what he said, by the way, he basically said, you know, if I was healthy, we would have been the Suns a year ago. I mean, this all plays into it being a fun postseason. If the Lakers can do their job, if they can win two games in a row in the play-in tournament, this could be a fun First round matchup. I don't think the Lakers win, but it'd be fun if they pushed it to six or to seven. Speaking of basically saying that, you know, the past would have been different. I don't know if you guys saw Marcus Morris Sr.'s comments about the Clippers um, being in the bubble. He said today, he said that the Clippers basically only blew a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets because of the bubble. He said he Blame the Clippers losing on the bubble. Now, there's been a lot of stuff about Paul George and his mental health in the bubble, but I thought that was really interesting because if that if the Clippers don't choke that, we probably get a Clippers-Lakers Western Conference Finals in the bubble, which would have been very interesting. But I mean, it's weird. I mean, what was his... I mean, I, I, I want to question, you know, what his reasoning was. I mean, I covered that Clippers team that blew a 3-1 series lead to Houston. I mean, things happen. Um, again, we saw the Warriors, the 73-win Warriors blow a 3-1 lead to the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, these things happen. And so I think it's an excuse, unless there was... There, there, there was a reason within the bubble that they took a 3-1 lead. Does something change within the bubble that at that point they lost all those games? I don't know what his reasoning was. I do yeah. know that, you know, there was a couple guys, especially Paul George was the most noteworthy that were going through a lot. But it's like, well, weren't you going? I'm not trying to discredit his mental health, but weren't you going through some of that when you guys took the lead, like exactly. you said, Arash. So yeah. you went up 3-1 and then you lose. And then today, Marcus Morris, again, he said, we only lost that bleep because we were in the bubble. If we weren't in the bubble, we beat the bleep out of them. I just think that's a weird thing because, again, the, 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 what, what changed the series, normally what changes a 3-1 series, if you get one win on the road and you get that series back home, home court plays a big part. If you're on a neutral court and you take a 3-1 lead, there's no home court edge. There's no travel. There's nothing that would change the course of the series. You took a 3-1 series lead within the bubble. Nothing changed in game uh, five. Nothing changed in game six. Nothing changed in game seven. Again, you talk to some of the Clippers players. They blame that on Doc for not making the adjustments that he had to make. So, um... I mean, that's the only real big pushback that I would have. Normally, in a traditional sense, when a team blows a 3-1 lead, they falter at home, they lose on the road, something happens. I mean, something with travel, something with home court. They're in the bubble. Nothing changed from games one through four when they took the lead to games, um, you know, five through seven. So... Don't want to discount what he's saying, but I don't agree with it. Yeah, I don't agree with this. I, I mean, I think, like, if anything, it might have been a coaching issue with, with all of them. Because that, the that was the one consensus that they said the whole entire time that, you know, coaching decisions and rotations and stuff like that just didn't make sense to them. And they were like, they just weren't down with any of that stuff. So the coaching I can understand, but, like, the mental breakdown. And, I'm, and, and like Armand said, I'm not discounting. Um, you know, what um, 
the mental breakdown that Chris Paul might have po- possibly had because I'm sure a lot of the uh, other players also had uh, mental breakdowns, not being able to see your family. Um, I mean, it's a hundred days with just your boys and not even really being able to leave your, your hotel room other than to go to the facility and back, you know, that'd be, that'd be jarring on anybody, let, let alone somebody that is very used to their routine uh, going back and forth, um, especially during playoffs. So I don't know. I, I, I I think that's that's stretching it a little little far, you know. You're like you're making excuses for something that you don't really need to make excuses for. I mean, it's it's the bubble. It, it sucked. Like I mean, I couldn't imagine being in a place for a hundred days, being forced to be in a place for a hundred days to do this. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't yeah. think that that has yeah anything to do with it. You knew you were where you were going to be. So I don't know. I I, I don't think you know. You know- Real, real, real quick before we uh, wrap things up today, the a big rumor, or at least, you know, I mean, the Lakers will be changing the coach next season. There's no doubt about that. Quinn Snyder, a very popular name out there. Hey, Buckets, want to get your quick uh, view on that in our last uh, few minutes on the show. Uh, Quinn Snyder, do you think he could help change things? I think that he has the personality to fit Los Angeles. I think that that's the first thing that you should look for when hiring a Lakers coach. You have to have a certain personality. He has that. And to do what he's done in Utah, yes, he's had some talented players, but, you know, he's anchored some of the best defenses in the league. Um, If they were to get a guy like Quinn, I think think that would be a great hire for them. I think that he would fit right in with the culture, but apparently the Spurs want him too. And I don't know, you know, it, it seems like the Lakers would be the ideal job, but who knows with their cap situation, their lack of picks, maybe if they lose out on Quinn Snyder to San Antonio, I mean, I don't think that's a great look necessarily if you're the Lakers franchise, right? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And Quinn Snyder does have some experience here in Los Angeles. I mean, he was the coach during the 2011-2012 season, did seem to enjoy his time here in Los Angeles. But, I mean, he's done an amazing job with the Jazz. Again, they have not had postseason success, but they have regularly been one of the top teams in the Western Conference. And, again, no knock on Frank. I think he's been a fantastic coach. He did win a championship here. They, they they do need to make a change. There's no doubt about that. And if you do make a change, you're not going to get much better than Quinn Snyder, I think. I think he really fits um, what this team wants to do. But that'll be a name to look for as the Lakers wrap up their season. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we worry, brothers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.